guys doing? My name is Esther Love and I am super excited to be doing this with you all. I love God. Like, I love God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I just love God. And most importantly, I love His Word because it's one of the ways that I can know him more because I have this father, right? God is my father, is my friend. And how do I know him? Why do I claim that someone is my father or my friend or so many other things that he is to me and I don't even know him that much? The Bible says that this is eternal life, that we know God and know Jesus Christ, his son. So I love God's word. I was watching a video a movie recently with my friend and she was like um i was like you know it's interesting the woman she was making a video of her son to watch because she felt like she was gonna die and i'm like it's really interesting that that's exactly what god did for us i mean he's not even dead he's alive but he has this word for us in paper in phones digital so many ways we can get a word today but we're not reading it while I'm listening to it and it's sad. I feel like it breaks God's heart to an extent. All right, so my goal is I want you to love the Word of God as much as I'm loving the Word of God. You'll be like, oh yeah, she's one of those Jesus people that you know just, uh. but trust me, I say that um, as a present and also as a future thing. Trust me, I really don't love the scripture that much to be honest, honest, all right. But I say I love the scripture because I want to love the scripture and I'm calling that that is not entirely extremely true yet because I know that it will be and I'm working towards it all right if I say I love God trust me there's, I'm, I'm, I probably don't really love him as much as I should but I'm loving him it's a continuous present continuous tense or something so I want you to love the scripture too I want you to enjoy God's presence and I'm gonna my goal is that when you listen to these short videos, short um, clips here and there, you just enjoy God. So don't call me you're listening to Esther Love, you're listening to God, and I'm just like a vessel just throwing it out to you. So today, y'all, since the beginning of this year, I've been working through the scriptures. I was like, I, want, I need to read through the entire scripture this year. So I started from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I'm currently in Numbers. I should have finished it, but you know, life. But we're gonna talk about that some other day. <laughs> Don't let life get in your way with God. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Anyways, one thing I've noticed is <sighs> the power of intercession. And you no know, intercession by itself is powerful. But when you mix that intercession with intimacy, pooh, like, oh my goodness, like you cannot imagine it. And I'm gonna give you two stories of two people that I've seen so far, one in Genesis and one in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, this same man. But one of the first men is Abraham. And Abraham in Genesis chapter 18 interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, especially Lot. All right, so give you a quick backstory. Abraham is this man that you know he literally didn't know God, his family was just journeying, they were going to a certain place, but they decided to camp at a particular area because they didn't end up getting to the main place they were going. So God called Abraham this sudden day like, hey dude, I want you to get up and move 
and go to a place, I will show you. Quick side note, I don't know about y'all, but if God calls me right now, like, go to a place I will show you. Where am I going in Atlanta? Like, where? But faith, like, Abraham has just always had that faith. Like, I'm like, he is the proper, truly, he kind of earned that father of faith tied to. He just, he just had it. All right, so he left, and he also left with his, um, I think his nephew, Lot, one of his brother's son, he went with him. And his possessions started growing bigger and bigger, both of them. And they started to have, like, issues. It was like, you know what, Lot? Just choose a place, separate from me, and I will also choose a place that will separate so that we don't keep fighting. So one of the places that Abraham's um, Lot chose was Sodom and Gomorrah, that area. But you see, Sodom, they were doing a lot of things that was God wasn't entirely pleased with, homosexuality and stuff. So in Genesis... 17 actually you know i'm gonna get this right i want sure this is extremely transparent i don't know the scriptures often we're gonna do it together all right so in genesis 18 god had come down to visit abraham you know just have some chill time with him and to let him know that by this time next year you would have the son, the promised son, Isaac, that I have promised you, all right? But when God was about to leave, he was like, ah. You know, he kind of came down to do two things, to talk to Abraham and also to destroy Sodom. And then God said, y'all, I want you to listen to this with so much serenity right now. So in Genesis 18, verse 16, he said, then the man rose from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them away. Man here, it was actually just God in him and flesh um, and some angels that came with him also. And then in verse 17, he said, and the Lord said, oh my God, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? <sighs> Can the Lord say about you that I'm about to do something huge? I gotta tell Esther. I, uh, I don't like. I don't think I can hide this from Cynthia. Like I gotta tell Mike what I'm about to do. How close of a like that's mind blowing, yo. And mind yo, what keeps getting me is the fact that we are in Genesis. We're just at the start of the creation like we've not gone too far we're not even exodus yet in genesis we already have a man that has such a deep relationship with god to the point that god is saying can i i gotta tell abraham what i'm about to do can i hide from abraham what i'm about to do he's about to do something huge he doesn't need abraham's permission but he just feels like i gotta let him know like he's my friend we're cool right and then he goes on to says shall i hide from abraham what i'm about to do since abraham will become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him and then in verse 19 for you to know the relationship it says for i have known him 
in order that he will command his children and his household after him that he will keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord might bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. God knew Abraham. He says, I know Abraham is the kind of man that will teach his children, his generation about me. I have a relationship with Abraham. I got to tell him this. And God went there to tell Abraham. And what did Abraham do? In fact, I feel like God told Abraham because he wanted Abraham to do this, which is what we're talking about, intercession. So God told Abraham, and Abraham in verse 23 said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because God had told him, see, I got to go down to Sodom and do some things down there. And Abraham was like, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And it goes on to say, if there were 50 people, 50 righteous people in the city, would you destroy it and not spare them? And God was like, no, I wouldn't do it. Abraham, in fact, went on to say, far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked. Far be it. Shall you not judge all the hurt to do right? Like, do you know your God? So Abraham is not just saying, would you spare these people if they were 50 but not because of those people but because of your nature god you are not a kind of person i mean i've spent some time with you god you're not the type of person that will kill the righteous people with the righteous um with the wicked one you you don't do that right you just you holy and god is like yeah if i find 50 people in sodom i will spare the entire sodom for your sake and then Abraham is like, oh, cool, all right. Um, and it's like, God, <laughs> you gotta come to God. Like, you need to know what your father likes. And Abraham just reveres God, and at the same time, he's coming so humbly, and at the same time, boldly. And then Abraham says, okay, I am dust and ashes. And I've taken it upon myself to speak to you, God. If you find 40 people, or 45 actually, would you still destroy them because we lack 5 out of 50? And God is like, no, if I find 45, I will not destroy. And Abraham is like, okay, what about 40? God says no. What about 30? God says no. What about 20? God says no. What about 10? And God says, I would not destroy it for the sake of 10. So Ab Lord went his way as soon as he has finished speaking to Abraham and Abraham returned to his place guys intercession powerful do you know what happened in verse 9 in chapter 19 god went down to sodom the angels spared lot and his entire family at least the ones who wanted to follow him abraham lot his wife and his two girls even though the wife looked back she disobeyed what that's aside the case god honored the intercession. Sodom, Abraham stood in a position of intercession at that time and stood in the gap for these people. And intercession by itself, like I said, is so powerful. But look at the beauty and the efficacy, the efficiency that was added to it because there was already an existing relationship between Abraham and God. Let me put this down for you. If you come to me and say, Esther, can you talk to your dad for me? Because I want this from your dad. Versus 
If you go to someone that does not really have a relationship with my dad, it doesn't have an intimacy with my dad, it probably would still do it. That is still intercession right there. It will still probably do it, but probably not as fast as my dad would do it if I were the one who spoke to him. Why? I'm going to go to intercede. And guess what? Because I know my dad. My dad knows me. I'm going to go with some strategies and tips. I don't know what my dad likes to hear. I'm going to go and be like, hey, pops. So... I know you're so awesome, like you're generous, you're cool. I'm gonna bother him, bother him all up. I'm gonna sing his praises, all right? And then I'll present your case. And then I'll, you know, back you up. It's gonna be like, okay, I'll do what I got you. Fast, quick, because there is an intimacy. I know how to enter into the presence of my father. Intercession with intimacy powerful now that is abraham i want to give you another example and i fact this blows my mind up even more so the second person i want to talk to you about is moses like the young i mean y'all know moses he's like the deliverer a type of jesus that delivered the israelites from egypt so a quick backstory on moses just like i gave you a quick one on abraham so moses was born in egypt so because the israelites had like this 400 years of slavery in egypt how did they land in egypt well you should read your bible <laughs> but let me just tell you real quick um so they kind of ended up in egypt because there was a famine all right so and egypt was the only place that had food because joseph was there who is actually an Israelite, but his brothers have sold him to Egypt because they were jealous of him. But because it's now like the second in coming to Pharaoh, he was able to bring his family to Egypt. And guess what? The Egyptians left, um, the Israelites never left for 400 years. After that first Pharaoh that was super nice to them died, the other Pharaohs were wicked. They didn't care about them. They made them slaves to serve them because they were just multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So they didn't like them. So there was a lore that the midwives should be killing every male son that was born. It was kind of a strategy to cut down the reproduction of the Israelites. So Moses' mom, when she gave birth to him, after she gave birth to him, she put him in a basket, took him to the river because she knew that a princess of Egypt was going to come around there. So she did come around. She saw Moses in the basket. She carried him out and... Moses' sister was like, hey, woman, hey, princess, should I get you someone to take care of this child for you? So she went to call the mom. Anyways, long story short, Moses didn't grow up like all the Israelites. He grew up in the palace of Egypt, right? But later when he grew up, he had sense. He realized that, you know what, I'm actually not an Egyptian. I'm an Israelite. And he went out one day, saw an Egyptian and an Israelite fighting, and he just didn't like it. And guess what Moses did, y'all? He killed the Egyptian. Uh-huh. He committed murder, like brought daylight murder, that guy did. And when he did it, he ran away. All right, actually, he didn't run away this time. Um, the next time he saw two Israelites fighting, and he wanted to like, hey, bro, like, why are you fighting? Like, you're a family, like, we're one. And the Israelites were like, dude, do you want to kill us like you killed the other Egyptian? Like, he was like, oh my goodness, like, y'all know I killed somebody? That was when he like just left Egypt altogether, ran away, got married, was living his life, all right? But there was no certain day, God called them 
All right, the bush was born and you've probably heard our story. And God told me you gotta go back to Egypt and lead out these people out of, you know, Egypt. Eve tried to run out of it, y'all. Like, it was like, I'm a stammerer. He was probably also still feeling the guilt of murder that is committed. Like, why would you sound like me? But God does, he sees past all that, all right? He's forgiven you. He loves you so much. Long story short, Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt as God led them through. And now this is something that happened after they came out of Egypt. You know, like, God divided the Red Sea. The Red Sea packed for these guys. God destroyed the Egyptians. And he didn't just let them leave empty and They went with gold, possessions. They were rich. All right. So they're in the wilderness, right? And God wants to speak to them. He initially wanted to speak to the whole congregation. But they were like, oh my God, like we cannot stand your presence, God. Like you're so bright. Stop it. Do you want to kill us with your brightness and all? All right, because God is so holy, right? And they were like, you know what, God? Speak to Moses. Moses, we speak to us. Let's do it that way, because we can stand all these, all this brightness of yours. Like, you're just too much for us. All right, so Moses, God was like, come up on here for 40 days and 40 nights, because now they're in the wilderness. So the Israelites are this set of people that are coming out of a country, you know, in, and they're not supposed to be worshiping this only awesome magnificent god god gotta give them principles because god is super holy that you can't be doing any all in front of him you're gonna die all right moses was supposed to come up to the mountain to get this 10 um commandments on tablets and at the same time god was gonna give him a design of the tabernacle how to build a tabernacle the heart court the hino court and the most holy place and all of that so all that kind of took 40 days and 40 nights joshua went with him but guess what the Israelites, oh my goodness, they did things before Moses came down. They did things. All right, so we are going to journey to Exodus chapter 32. And if you can just like read alongside me, that will be awesome. All right, so Exodus 32 says that now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, they gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come. Make us gods that shall go before us. Because as for this Moses guy, this one who brought us out of Egypt, <laughs> we don't know what has become of him. We don't know maybe, maybe God killed him up on that mountain because it was just too bright. Like, we don't know what's wrong with Moses. He's probably dead, dead and gone. We can't keep waiting around for him. So make us gods. Yeah, guys, you have to realize that the Israelites are coming from a country where all the gods are served. They... They haven't really understand the concept of the holy God yet, that they still want some superficial God. All right, and what amazes me about Aaron is the fact that God is up there on the mountain talking to Moses on how, about how to make Aaron the high priest, describing his effort, his priestly garment and beauty about what is about to happen to Aaron. And see what Aaron, the one who God is planning things for in the mountain with Moses, yeah, what is about to do? And in verse 2, Aaron says, Break off the golden earrings that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So the people broke off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. 
and receive the gold from their end, a fashioned it with engraving tool and molded a golden calf. Guys, a little bit of detail there. I told you guys earlier when the Egyptians, the Israelites were living in Egypt, they gave them gold. And if you go back a little bit in Exodus, with Moses being on the mountain, God actually wants those golds too. Because some of the things that would be built in the tabernacle, it required them to donate some of those goats. But here are they, using those same goats that God gave them to be a calf, golden calf. Like, how dare they? And y'all, this is the one that makes me extremely angry on God's behalf up to you today. I'm pissed. I swear to God. I'm sorry, God. I know I shouldn't swear to you, but I'm so pissed that if I see the Israelites on the judgment day, like... I'm gonna grab one of them. If I err on precisely, I'm gonna grab him by the collar. Like, dude, how dare you? All right, this is the statement they made. Then they said, this is your God, whole Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. What? What, what insolence? Like, <laughs> what? Guys, when I read that, I was so pissed because I had read everything that God did, bringing these people out of Egypt, so many plagues, killing the Egyptians, firstborns, patting the Red Sea, drowning the Egyptians. It is a lot. And they did to create something with their own hands and suddenly that's the God that brought them out of Egypt. What? And guys, I know it's easy for us to sit here and be criticizing the Israelites, but just, just a quick side note. Have you created things with your hands and has become your God? You've made those things your God. Or things that God has given you, just like these goals that God has given to them. They created it, they molded it, the money, the house, the children, the job that God has given and blessed you with. Have you turned those things into God's? Have you started to worship them saying, oh, my job is the one that provides for me. My children are the ones who give me joy and peace. Without my children, I couldn't live. Social media blesses me. That's where I earn my money. Oh, Beyonce is so awesome. She's this, she's that. You forget God. Just something for you to think about, all right? But that's not what we're talking about today. Let's move on. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar. So Aaron did not just make them that golden calf. He helped them to build an altar for it. And then he said, tomorrow you're going to make a feast to these gods. We're going to worship. We're going to bring offerings and burnt offerings and all of that. And guys, this is where it gets hot. And this is where we're going to talk about intercession. And then verse 7 says, And the Lord said to Moses, get up like, try to imagine this like when you're read the bible have fun with it all right it's not just a story it's real life stories in the story but it's real life he actually happened so imagine god his presence is on the mountain moses is kneeling down and god was probably saying um moses the tenth commandment is do not convert your your sons or something something like give him all this commandment and then he realizes that oh my goodness they just made a golden calf and he said to moses get up get up just get up this section is over 
you need to get down there because something is going on like that's exactly what i'm going like go get down and then he said oh my goodness guys i just god said <laughs> god said god said this he said to moses get up for your people whom you brought out of the land of egypt have corrupted themselves did y'all see what God did there? Suddenly, the Egyptians, the Israelites are no longer his people. <laughs> it's kind of like, do y'all imagine, like, remember when, probably when you do something bad, and your dad says to your mom, like, your child did this. Suddenly, you're no longer your daddy's child. You're just your mama's child. Because mama, daddy right now doesn't, <laughs> you're not looking good to him. All right. Like, God just literally just put the Israelites on Moses. Like, your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. All right, he says, they've turned aside quickly out of the way I have commanded them. They made for themselves a golden calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, guys, remember the statement I said earlier that pissed me off? It pissed God off too. In fact, that was the exact statement. The heart is hard. God has emotions, guys. He feels it. And God said to Moses, They said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. They gave God's glory to a golden calf. God doesn't mess with his glory, guys. He doesn't share it. He doesn't distribute it. And of all things, to even share it to, a calf. It's like I brought you guys out, and suddenly that's the the, the 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 thing you crafted with your own end. Wow. And it said, I have seen that they are stiff-necked people. Now he says, Moses, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Can I even know why someone is angry? It's like, don't hold me, don't hold me. He's like, <laughs> It's not funny, guys. But you're like, you know when someone is angry, it's like, nobody should talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't hold me. Don't even try to persuade me. Like, just leave me alone. Let me do this. Let me beat them up. All right? God's like, Moses, just leave me alone. Just let my wrath burn earth against them and consume them. And then when I'm done with them, I'm going to make you a great nation. It's like, I was going to make them a great nation. But now that they're doing this, I'm turning around. I'm going to destroy them and make you a great nation and ladies and gentlemen there are many times that you would have people in your life that you have to intercede for and i implore you to learn from moses all right it's kind of like i'm like moses probably like with god saying all of that it's probably like huh, 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 huh. wow suddenly when we're talking about tabernacle commandment and you want to destroy the people that we're going to give the commandment to and all of that. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And then Moses is like, in, chapter, in verse 11, it says, Then Moses pleaded with the Lord and said, Lord, why does your heart burn hot against your people? <laughs> like, guys, did you... Do you remember when God told Moses that they were his people? Now Moses is turning right back to God and saying, Your people, 
whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with your great and mighty hand. Moses is like, I'm going to remind you. They're not my, like, I have my own kids, God. Yes, I gave birth with Zipporah. We have kids. I know them. In fact, I left them behind with my father-in-law to come save your people. And now you're going to turn right back and put them on me? They are your people, God. You were the one who brought them out. I was just a vessel. You got to remind God of some things. It's not like he forgot. But sometimes you just got to say it out loud. Like, God, do you remember that promise you made to me? Yeah. And God doesn't joke with his word once he says it. Because God has said it so many times to the Israelites when he was bringing them out. I am your God. You are my people. I am your God. You are my people. Suddenly, say you, they're Moses' people. Like, hey, God, no. They're your people. I don't know them. <laughs> okay. Left to me. I'm going to leave them and run away right now and go back home. Anyways, Moses did not stop there. He understands that God also doesn't toy with his reputation. He said, why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountain and to consume them from the face of the hurt. It's like, hey, if you do this, if you let your roar burn against them, the Egyptians are gonna mark you. They're gonna say, he only rescued them from Egypt just to consume them. You don't want that, right? So it's like, God, please turn, turn from your fears wrought and relent from this harm to your people. So the word relent is similar to the word repent. And the, that word means to turn your, change your mind, turn around, like relent from this thing that you've concluded or you've decided to do, turn your mind away from it. Moses does not stop there, guys. <laughs> Moses is like, first of all, I'm gonna remind you that they are your people. Second, I'm going to remind you of your reputation. And then third, I'm going to remind you of that promise. And then he said, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servant, to whom you swore by your own self. And you said to them that I will multiply you. I will make you great and all of that. Guys, you can't do this. You can't efficiently intercede if you don't even know the person you're going to meet and did it let's see if it worked did all of that work in verse 14 it says so the lord relented from the harm with which he said it would do to his people guys so beautiful like I said, I'm going to say it again. Intercession is powerful. But intercession with intimacy is on another level. It's efficient. Immediate. Like God didn't say, okay, I'm, I'm going to think about, about it. I'm, 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 I'm going to get, get back, back to you. To you. Like, I'm, I'm still really angry right now. The Lord relented immediately because Abraham is like, first of all, they are your people. This is your reputation at stake. This is your promise, your word at stake. And God is like, God probably thought about it, like, ah, oh, you're right, you're right, okay, I'm going to calm down. You know what? I think I just want to put a pause right there, all right? Because so many other things happened when Moses went down. One of the savage things that he did that I will never get over was the fact that he was the one that just told God not to be angry, right? Guess what? Moses got down and he got angry. He's like, 
I told God not to deal with y'all, but I'm gonna deal with y'all. Guess what? It, gra it grabbed that golden calf, it burnt it, it grabbed the hashes, put it in water, and told them to line up and drink it. Like, y'all take a cup and drink of this. You're gonna drink of your God. <laughs> your own God, you're gonna swallow it. I don't know how ash tastes, but oh my God, I will fake God taste. You. Anyway, they drank it, and Moses did not stop at that. He's like, I need to kill some people. Moses has a killer tendency. He's <laughs> like, is there anyone on the Lord's side? And then the Levites came around like, yeah, we're going to stand. He's like, okay, grab your sword. Just go around from places to places, kill people. 3,000 people, guys, died that day because of that rebellion. Um, I, I, I was reading a... Um, a commentary by a theologian and he said it's amazing that that 3,000 number is awesomely equivalent to the 3,000 that got saved on the day of Pentecost very amazing it's so like this scripture is interesting but like I'm telling you guys y'all Lord wants you to intervene he wants you to stand in the gap will you be that man just one man he might did you see what one person one person's intercession that one man did Abraham speaking up for Lot, for Sodom and Gomorrah, and Moses speaking up for the entire 600,000 million people of Israel that just came out of Egypt. And God relented. I mean, minus the 3,000 he killed later. But God could have done more if his wrath had burned because he wanted to consume them all and start all over with Moses. But the intercession, and it was more efficient because of intimacy. So if you want to intercede even more efficiently for your family, for people, know God. Because it's kind of like a two-way street. It's a, it's a, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're knowing God, enjoying Him, and at the same time, you get to intercede for people even better. Alright, because like, hey God, like, we're cool, right? We're cool. Okay. How about you do this for Cynthia? You know, Cynthia, she's my real good friend. Alright, you know, it's kind of like without you and our friends. Cynthia's my real good friend too, so do this for Cynthia. Alright, so... It makes that relationship so much enjoyable. And you also get to know God in the process because that's exactly what it wants of you. God wants you to know him because when you know your father, you know you better, all right? You know the authority, the power, and who you are even better. I could go on and continue in Exodus 33. Moses even did more. And I could see that as he was interceding even more, he was enjoying God too. Because there was a point God was like, you know what, I'm, I, I know I've relented, but I don't want to even follow you people to Israel, um, to the promised land anymore. I want to back out of this. I will send an angel to go with you people. Guess what Moses did? Moses carried his tent, pitched it, he sat down, and God descended into that tent with him. And they talked face to face. And Moses started with your people again. I like how Moses was like, your people, all right? And then while Moses was there, it was like, God, show me your glory. He's interceding and at the same time, enjoying God for himself. You can do that too. I don't know about you. I want to be that one man for my community, for my family. You know, let's just even start from the close circle for my family. My friends, community, my city, my country, into the hands of the hurt. I want to be that one man that stands in the gap on behalf of countries, the entire world. It's enough. You can feel like, what is my intercession? I don't think me just praying is enough for God to do something huge. What? 
No, don't talk about it. Not too much. All right. Your intercession is powerful. And it's even more powerful when you got a close, awesome, sweet relationship with God. So be intimate. So like I started from this, I want you to love the scripture. It's a continuous thing. All right. So get a Bible. See, I have a Bible. Right. And I was telling my friend the other day that I haven't even opened this this year at all. Why? Because these days I'm mostly on this. My phone. All right. So you don't necessarily need to have this. I mean, if you do this better, I know some of us don't have the discipline because when you get on this, you get all these notifications coming in, then you go to Instagram and that. If you know you don't have the discipline, then don't. All right. But I, once I'm in that, everything else shows down. I don't care. I'm enjoying God at that moment. But when I'm on this one, I don't know why I get sleepy. Alright, so, and some, one of the things I do is I have my audio going at the same time and I'm reading line by line as the audio is playing in my ears. So it's kind of like simultaneous. So you can, and I will share more later on some of the tips. I'll ask the scripture, what you can do. You don't, it doesn't have to look like the way your pastor does it or I want scripture only person that you know does their Bible reading. As long as you're getting the word. And you can't say I don't have a Bible. If you have a phone, you have a Bible. Download an app. All right. So thank you all so much for listening. And I pray, I pray, I pray that as you listen to this, I'm pretty sure that you love the relationship that Moses and Abraham had with God. I love it. I desire it. And I'm just, we're just in the New Old Testament. I can't wait to see every other person's relationship with God and let it inform mine all the way to the New Testament. All right. And I'm going to take you on this ride with me. All right. But just look at those two people already. Abraham and Moses, they're in the New Testament. They don't even have Jesus. Jesus hasn't even come yet. Yet they had such awesome relationship with God. Talk more of you who have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. You can have even more. So why not take advantage of it? I want to be that one man. I want to be that one man for nations, for the word, for my for community, my family, my nation. And I hope and pray that you want to be too. So I pray that the Lord will continue to draw you closer unto you. He will put his hunger and thirst for his word in your heart and pull you into him so much that you enjoy his presence, you enjoy his glory, you know him more and more until you become to be like him. Because that's, that's the ultimate thing, guys. That's ultimate. You got to know your God. And when, as you're knowing him, he's transforming you to become like him. Father, we thank you. Thank you for these people that have listened. I pray that you would just do what you only you can do best. You remind them of this constantly. I know it's, it's easy for us to just watch this, drop our phone, turn off the TV or something, whatever we're watching this from or listening to this from, and just go about our day forgetting. But I know that the way you always talk my heart, you can talk their heart too. All right, just remind them, sit with me. Be that one man. Whenever they come across someone who is sick, they remember, oh, I can pray for this person. I can intercede for this person. And they just come into your presence to do that. And then you keep pulling them more and more. Intimacy building, intersection building. We thank you. We love you. 
and we glorify your holy name in jesus name amen so if you enjoyed this video and you feel like oh my god i gotta share this with someone else share like comment i want to hear from you i want to know what next steps are you taking um i'll did it speak to you i want to know that okay thank you so much god bless you Mwah. Bye-bye.